I V M. Hello and welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. I am Ashton Doctor, your Habit Coach. And today we have a very interesting subject that we're going to be talking about. It's one of my favorite subjects. It's about understanding money, understanding finance, because this is such an important aspect of our life. You know, whenever we talk about security or the way that we want happiness in our life, we always have an aspect of will I be financially secure? What is my future going to look like? What are all those aspects of my life regarding money? And we have a very, very special guest with us. I was on his podcast, and it was one of the first podcasts that I'd gone on as a guest. And uh, it was also intimidating because he started off in this very professional voice, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have to keep up with this. How is this going to ever happen?" So I've been for years waiting to have him on my podcast. Anupam Gupta, welcome to the Habit Coach Podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks, Ajun. I had no idea that you were intimidated. <laughs> I know that I'm a very scary guy in real life. <laughs> But I had hoped that you know things would be different in in Norway. But good to be on on your show. Thanks so much for inviting me. My pleasure. No, it was like Paisa Vaisa was one of the shows that I definitely wanted to come on. And um, and you know we had our chat, and then suddenly when you started with your introduction, it was like a different voice started. I was like, oh shit! Now I need a different voice. It was so cool. And those were the days, huh? That we could actually we recorded in the studio. Seems recorded like ages ago. Recorded in the studios. Yeah, absolutely. Anupam, tell our uh, listeners a little bit about yourself, please. Okay, I'm what uh, born and raised in Bombay, chartered accountant, and most of my career has been spent in the stock markets, where I was working first as an analyst and then as a consultant. What I do, what pays the bills, is writing research reports on investment themes, and I do that as a consultant. I've done it with a few large brokerage houses uh, since 2013. So that's almost eight years of writing. I'm working on a theme right now for one brokerage, for example. In 2020, I completed a book called The Victory Project, which I was very lucky to get thanks to Saurabh Mukherjee, uh, who was then with Ambit and now with Marcellus. He's also got a brand new book out called The Diamonds in the Dust. And guys, you know, please go ahead and read it. I just finished it over the weekend, and it's phenomenal. So that's the professional part, Ajdin. The personal part, of course, is the podcast. Back in 2017, Namit Doshi had approached me, and we got talking, and we just launched it. You know, we didn't, we really didn't know where it would go, what it would do. But listeners have given me such love that. I mean, it's just overwhelming, right? It's 300 episodes plus more than 100 guests. Uh, the topics have been all over the place, and we just got lucky that I think post-pandemic people have just they they just want to know how can they handle their money better, and I've been very lucky to get guests. So it's just you know it's just pure luck, love from the guests, love from the audience. It's a brilliant podcast. I love listening to it. Thank you. And and you know it's so interesting because, like you said, right now everyone's so confused about it, right? About the future. And as soon as uncertainty about future comes up, financial is something that definitely pops up. And uh, we decided that we're going to be talking about financial principles that you believe in. You know, at a personal level, more than just the professional level of understanding it. And I think this is something that I would love for our listeners to know. So, according to you, first, what is like this whole this finance accounting? Money. What is money for you? Money for me is just a means, Ashton. Mm. Um, our life, I think, should be spent in doing what we love the most, or at least in in being gainfully employed. You know, whether it's you doing a podcast that you love, or whatever is a full time job, or me doing, you know. But of course, I'm saying it from the perspective of a 50 year old. When you're 20, 25, when you're just starting your career, you don't have that kind of luxury in life. You just get the first job. that you can get hopefully it's in something that you like but i think as a core principle in life money should be the outcome and not 
it's not a goal. It's one of the things, one of the many things in your life. So if you're someone who's working, your work should be more important to you than what your money is doing, whether it's in a mutual fund or whether it's in a portfolio. These days I see, you know, so many people um, obsessed about where is my money going? What am I doing? Listen, you know, if if you're a 25 year old, you've got like a 35, 40 year span of time when you'll retire. And I don't know when people retire or what age people retire. You'll figure it out on, on the way. Don't be so obsessed right now. You should be looking at enjoying your work, slogging hard, doing what you love, and then just figuring out, okay, you know, this is what I can spare. This is what I can save. That's money for me. It's a raw material that's linked to my dreams. Okay. But it's not my life. My life is money is just one part. That I think is money. That I think is finance. You call it personal finance or you call it finance, whatever. That's how I relate to. I think it's such a beautiful thing that you said. It's just the raw material. But it is not life. And we often mistake the two. You know, what do you do? I work for money. No, you don't work for money. You work for a life that you're trying to create. It's what the money can do for you. And I think these are such important principles and, and people don't talk about these things. Yeah, well, One of the things, for example, that goes around a lot these days because people have just woken up to this idea of money is, you know, physical health and financial health. I used to believe in that a long time ago. But now, listen, guys, I mean, you know, Try losing half a kilo and try putting 500 rupees in an SIP. Tell me what's easier. Mm. Just tell me what's easier. Believe me, your health is going to be much, much more important to your happiness, to your family than your money. Your money will figure its way out. You know, you even if you make mistakes, you'll get a chance. But your health, Ajahn, you can, you know, come on. You're someone who believes a lot in health, a lot Correct. in fitness. I remember when, you know, when, when you had come over to my podcast, we, we were talking about this. And I like that people believe in that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the little things that you put in right now that will surely, in the future, pay off. I think that's so important. Yeah. So Anupam, what is your first big financial principle that you want to share with us? So I think, like I said, you know, the first financial principle I think is probably done, which is that let money work for you. Okay. Mm. You don't work for money. Okay. The second principle I would say is just save to the extent is humanly possible. Okay. You'll have to figure out your quality of life at some point of time. Mm. You won't get it right in the first shot. You know, all of us, when we get our first salary, it's okay to blow it up, okay? When I got mine, when I got my first credit card, I maxed out. Yeah? And I then I had to revolve and the, that's how I learned, learned my lessons. So I think saving is the second part. Third is be open. Be open, be kind to yourself. You make mistakes, that happens, man. I mean, the biggest investors in this world have made mistakes. I keep on making basic mistakes when it comes to money, my, my own money. I'll give you an example. I can't sign a check anymore. I, you know, I try to put my signature on there. I've got to keep on tearing through that. Bank tells me the check has bounced. I'm like, come on. And there are people who still insist on checks. What can you do? Okay. Correct. Absolutely. So I think third, I think fourth most is one of the more important ones is risk. Hmm. I think understand risk and how you relate to that. Okay. Because your understanding of risk is going to have a very big bearing on the way that you invest in, in across the board, you know, across whether it's a mutual fund, whether it's a stock, whether it's crypto, whether you choose to rent out, whether you choose to buy a house, etc. That's the fourth principle. Be clear about the kind of what's your relationship with risk. It's called mm -hmm. a risk profile in technical terms. Mm -hmm. But, you know, play around with that and see how you relate to it. Everybody likes to say that I, you know, I have no problem. This is the money that I'm willing to lose. But when you actually lose it, believe me, it hurts a lot. Okay, so yeah, absolutely. a lot of the bets that you take in life are related to how you do your risk. So that's the fourth principle. And I think the fifth principle is safety. Safety, mm. you know, how does money relate to you when it comes to safety? Mm. Safety of, say, insurance, you know, that how important it is for you to have a, to have a Medicare, Mediclaim, whatever you call it, a health insurance policy. 
how important is it for you to have a life insurance policy or one of the most basic and most starting points of any financial plan emergency fund you know what do you define as safe some people would say i'll put it in a liquid fund some people would say in an fd some people want to put it in stocks but that's a different thing and how much do you want to put you know do you do you think you want to risk it by just keeping 3 months apart or because of the pandemic you're really scared you want to keep one year so i think that's how i would define it you know these would be the five principles that 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 i would be looking at lovely can we deep dive into these five because i think they're so important and and to figure out what are the habits that we can do for each of these so for example the second principle was saving right mm. so when we think about saving right what are the best habits or practices that you've seen amongst people on getting saving as a part of their life financially saving see you um, there are ways to look at it right one is again it has to do with how you relate to it warren buffet famously said that you first save and then you spend you know what is left after saving is spending theek hmm. hai you know that's one point of view a lot of people want to live it up today people want to say that you know at the end of one year of uh, of working i want to take a foreign vacation people want to buy an iphone so stuff like that my i'm kind of conflicted on this one um that's why i leave it to the person who's listening to this right hmm. do you savings is a very important plays a very important role in your financial plan ideally you should save as much as you can okay does that mean that you cut down on your lifestyle yes why not you know nobody says that you have to buy the most expensive iphone okay you have to buy the latest phone that's out so you need to figure out how you relate to these lifestyle decisions whether it's a phone whether it's a tv amazon billion days sale is coming up do you want to splurge on that and you know whether you want to go on foreign vacation and stuff if you're someone who believes in having a fairly reasonable life then saving upwards of 30% should be a bare minimum okay typically these days people you know 30% 50% goes into whatever your commute and your food another 15 20% goes into your house whether you're paying rent if you're lucky enough maybe you're staying with your parents great and then the balance 30% is what's left my suggestion would be save higher and start early i think mean, you know if i have to encapsulate all the five points then it would be start early starting early gives you a lot of freedom in life starting early gives you a lot of advantages also So you know that's a interesting one because many people say that I can't start early because I only have so little savings, right? I only save like say five thousand rupees a month, even less. What do I do at that point of time? Fantastic! Right? What that's a very good question. In that case, just stick to that number, hmm. and more importantly, is discipline. You know, doing five thousand month after month without even breaking once is going to teach you discipline. It really doesn't matter whether it's five thousand or five lakhs, okay? But if you can discipline yourself and keep that habit over the longer term, it's going to pay you off. okay i mean a lot see the difference between starting early and starting late is simple yeah you you lose the number of years so you have to increase the amount that you save that's all right you start a 500 rupee sip or a 1000 rupee sip at the age of 25 by the age of 35 in 10 years you've already got a corpus now someone who's starting at 35 has to make has to make up for that much of 10 years you know of 10 years being lost can you do it of course you can who knows you might have a great job you know you might have become a successful person and at the age of 35 if you are able to save a meaningfully larger amount of money then good for you here you know but you know how life is you know it's a little bit little bit unpredictable who knows what happens starting early putting in a discipline reduces the uncertainty that is there later in your financial plan because you know that you're putting this month after month after month after month getting that you know getting that discipline later in life i've always found something start you know working differently 
in your head if you're someone who spends a lot it gets a little bit tougher to start saving a lot so if you train yourself 5500 1000 doesn't matter i would always encourage you to look at the percentage rather than the number you know so if you're earning a 10000 rupee per month salary just say that i'm going to do 30% khatam that's it and remember that when your salary increases your savings will increase because you're fixed on the 30% so that's Correct. that's how i would put it instead of thinking of the number think about the percent i think that's a big big learning for us yeah, stop thinking yeah. how much you're putting in in terms of figures start put thinking percentage we're going to take a quick break see you on the other side welcome back let's jump into the conversation you know um a family member of ours every time somebody is born they start a savings right from the time the kid is born every month they'll put something in that kid's account do you think that's an interesting practice you think that's something that everyone should do or is it jarak extreme from birth from birth i was 13 year old and i you know i kind of i started something when he was just born but then i just gave it i i you know i, I don't I, don't be that much of a stick with with a kid you've got even you've got a much longer uh lifespan to think about and if you've got your finances sorted out don't you know don't don't obsess so much for the kid ki for the kid you should be doing this you know it's like they say in the planes right first put your uh oxygen mask and then look at the others you know so mm. please first sort your life and then figure out something for your kid yeah and it's it called savings for a reason <laughs> kids are damn expensive huh? yeah. one kid or one Porsche to decide so <laughs> so the way to think about it is one is start your savings early as much as possible think percentage lovely now you know after that when you the second aspect of it was make mistakes i love this thing about saying that i've made mistakes in the past it's cool right like you said i got my first credit card right what take us through that journey of getting your first credit card and getting into this whole revolving thing and what is it that you learned from it yeah i just pay your bills on time i mean much before paisa paisa see the thing is that okay people also need to have some background i haven't had a salary since about 8 years now okay which means that my entire income and expenses are all, are just all over the place okay so credit card gives me liquidity but fact is that i've been using credit card since my first job and the first time when that credit card bill came to me and it had these nice big numbers which made no sense to me i mean look at it this way you know this so i got my first mobile phone in the year 1999 and where i was working they they gave mobile phones only to the senior employees and i was a junior at that point of time and the senior employees went and got themselves a you know very reasonable nokia one of those nice you know those 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 black bricks i thought bricks. i'll splurge it you know what what the hell I think my salary was twenty five thousand, and I bought a Samsung twenty thousand rupee phone. Okay, wow. using the credit card, and it got stolen at Siddhi Vinayak Temple in exactly four days. I never got it back ever. You know, your mobile phone gets stolen at temple; it's not coming back. If it does, then lucky you. But I think that you know that kind of taught me a lot at that point of time. You know, that I just just calm down. You know, just just calm down. Those guys are your you know they they your bosses. Their salaries are higher, so let them figure their life out. you figure your life out so that it hurt it hurts a lot being flat broke and knowing that you don't have any money okay and this is something that happened to me previously also back in college when i used to trade stocks and i was wiped out completely okay like literally all i didn't have any money in the bank at that point of time and my parents had to bail me out my friends had to bail me out so when you've got that experience of being completely wiped out sticks with you you know in a lot of my work uh, for a couple of books that i have worked on I've met a lot of successful people, and one recurring theme you'll find a lot of them saying is that I've seen poverty, and I never, I never want to go back to it. Okay, thankfully I've been very lucky, very lucky to not know poverty as such. But these mistakes, na, when 
the mistakes that hit you mentally will stick with you. Okay, so whether it's buying the wrong stock, whether it's maxing out your credit card, and once a mistake sticks with you, if you're disciplined enough, you will never forget that lesson. Okay, if you've got a bad habit, you got to sort your life out, man. I can't do anything out there. I just can't do anything out there. But if you use credit cards, then you you have to pay the bills on time each and every month to get the rewards that are there. Thankfully, today millennials have many more options. A lot of guests have come on my podcast with something called "Buy Now, Pay Later." You know, so when you when you you know you're ordering from a Zomato or Swiggy, you don't have to use your credit card. You can just do. You'll use a simple, or if you're on Amazon, you'll use a "Buy Now, Pay Later." So use all of this with some amount of you know with some amount of discretion. Don't go overboard. Okay, learn from your mistakes. Very That's what my journey has been. I'm sharing that. Here. No, but because that journey is important. You know, like for example, many people are so scared of making any financial decisions because they made one bad financial decision at some ah, point of time in their life. Don't be tough on yourself. Never ever be tough on yourself. That's one principle. Let be open-minded. Just be very open-minded to doing things differently and learning from your mistakes. I mean, don't let success go to your head because in money, success typically is mostly luck and not skill. And don't take your mistakes that seriously because your mistakes are also probably in that. in that ratio i haven't met many people who made spectacular blunders okay like spectacular blunders if they have they learn from it but buying a stock that completely collapsed theek hai yaar fine you learn from that eh? you learn and the next stock that you buy will be different and the same for mutual funds the same for everything else so don't don't ever be too hard on yourself but learn from your mistakes this learning is important like if you don't learn then it was a proper failure but yeah, if you, if you learn it's not a failure anymore and also the thing with uh, especially on the investing side now i'm not talking about the spending side okay because if you, if you're someone who's spending and that guy is spending so much i want to spend more than him buddy then you got a problem out there okay? you you need to think that out but in investing that guy is making more returns than me is a bit of a pain point and especially when markets are freaking out like they are now you know you look at his portfolio the guy's portfolio is up i don't know 80 90% your portfolio is up just 30 40% and that kind of sucks and that also goes into mutual funds right so the mutual funds that you chose are not doing well which actually happens a lot these days okay theek hai yaar that's you know that's how life is so go back do your homework understand how to choose a mutual fund today there are all sorts of options there is knowledge all over the place believe me when i started out back in 1990 there was nothing okay so max out your knowledge do whatever you can reach out to people on social media and learn there learn and like i said be kind to yourself making mistakes that's fine yeah and and it also re- relates to the other point starting early because if you start early you learn faster then you have more experience as you grow that's that's when the big bucks actually start coming into your savings and everything else so yes, might as well start again, early yeah yeah starting early gives you the freedom to make more more mistakes learn more you know so at the age of 35 you already learned your lessons and you're a much smarter guy than you were at 25 that's again one advantage yeah you're right so i i know lots of people write in saying that like you said flat broke i'm flat broke i have no money in, at all that i have no idea what to do what advice would you give to somebody who's flat broke completely spent everything has nothing in their bank account where should they start so one i think definitely is figure out what you're good at what you love to do two would be be very very disciplined you know be you'll have to be tough on yourself okay because whether it's a great life or whether it's money whether it's whatever hard work is something that people need to be very aware of it's not a comfortable life being flat broke sucks but you if you have to pull out of it it's not going to be an easy journey so be prepared for a for an uphill battle but know that the rewards will be really good so there are two things that i would start off on if you've got a job then great okay try on focus on being better and better at your job okay 
I know jobs are politics. I know, I yeah, I can't do anything about that. I don't want to go in that direction because that's another massive topic. Work hard at at your job. Be very severe and brutal with your savings. Then, okay, if your salary is coming at the end of the day, if you're flat broke, man, I'm sorry, but if you have to survive on Maggie, if you have to survive on stuff like that, so that you can save on not spending on Zomato Swiggy, you got to do that. Recycle clothes, you got to do that. You know, so whichever area of expenditure that you can. Really crunch. You got to crunch that. You got to think minimalistic, stoic. You got to really go down that path. For some people, this is actually a normal way of life, by the way. So that's one thing. And second is, I think what's popularly known these days is side hustle. See, being flat broke, simple here. You just need to increase your income. That's it. There's there is literally no other way out of it, right? Because income minus expenditure is equal to savings. If your income is zero, your expenses won't stop. Believe me, that I can tell you. Whatever life you're living, wherever you are, if you're in a big city. expenses will never stop okay there is i can't see any life where expenses stop okay so you the income is what you have to obsessively focus on whether it's one job plus a side hustle whether it's a consulting thing whether it's freelancing whether it's whatever you got to look at all of those options to increase your income increase the income be really really strict on the expenses over a period of time you will figure it out please don't put your savings straight away into, into the stock markets okay or into investments just sweep aside all that money into a fixed deposit or a debt fund depending on your risk profile and build up a nice corpus for at least 3 months before even thinking that you want to invest 10 rupees into wherever buying this stock or crypto or whatever build up a big corpus this emergency corpus is critical it was very important before covid now though it's become even more important and i think having a buffer gives you tremendous freedom gives see the thing about money money can never ever buy you happiness but money can definitely play a big part in getting you freedom okay so build up that corpus and then you know once you've tied once that tough time is over then figure out your life but just be prepared for an uphill battle that will be like my forward takeaway uphill battle i love that and and what you said you know money doesn't buy you happiness but another way of thinking about it is that this is giving you some peace of mind right and when you're flat broke peace of mind is right now what you need more than anything else thing money can increase your options like nothing else can believe me correct in fact i wanted to ask a, a strange question to you you know we we were talking about mistakes that people make one is flat broke but the other other extreme is when suddenly you get into a lot of money hmm. right you, you sold something you got inheritance some money came from somewhere else your old investment suddenly happened right again lots of mistakes take place at that point of time why do you think that happens and what should people do about that have you ever experienced this have do you know people who have gone through things like that yeah it depends on how the money came in that plays a big role because our mind you know and this has been proved now you look at it neurologically or cognitively there have been enough studies that show that our mind is our mind likes to make make shortcuts okay to figure out our way in life so there's a whole list of biases recency bias you receive you know uh, representative bias anchoring stuff like that they affect the way we look at money a lot at at our investments a lot so typically you know when you say that you come by a large amount of money it depends how it came by to you let's say for example if you're working hard and you get a nice big fat bonus okay you think you earned it okay i'm sure you have right because your that a bonus is the company's best way of recognizing your efforts over the last 12 months and saying okay now here's this big pot of gold boom okay versus a stock that you got 6 months ago goes up 10 times okay how are you going to relate to the two this one you think you've really really earned it second one you'll be like hmm, 
I think I can now play around with this money. Okay, you have someone who's really rich will say, okay, let me buy a new car, let me buy a new watch, stuff like that. Remember, the amount of money, the color of money in the bank is not going to change whether it came from here or whether it came from there. But your know, brain is looking at both of them in a very, 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 very different manner. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, look at it this way, yeah. The you had a finance secretary who two, three years ago said that capital gains comes from no effort. Okay, you just Google that. You know, just he. This was when they were putting capital gains tax on the stock market. So his whole thing was, what is stock market, man? You know, you make money for what? Nothing. So how you look at that money and how you associate that money, the way it came in will decide how you spend it. Okay. The standard answer to this that you know that that I give is that put everything into either a debt fund or liquid fund or an FD, whatever is comfortable to you. Because to me, what's important for any kind of money, especially the one that comes in a windfall is preservation of capital. Okay, because this is a big sum of money, you cannot decide how to spend it like that. Okay, you need to really figure this out. It's happened with me in the past. I've taken anywhere from 15 days to three months. Okay, so the first thing that I do for myself, okay, I will I wouldn't want to make specific recommendations here, but the way that I've always figured this out, I've always put everything into an FD. Okay, then I start breathing. That okay, okay, now that that is done, now let me see what options are out there. And then I'll see each and every option the potential returns that the potential returns that each option can give me over the next whatever is my time period by the way because you also need to have a time frame for that and then put your money that way simple you know and so for example what i have done in in the past the entire money goes to a debt mutual fund and then i create an sip that goes into an index fund a nifty index fund sensex index fund so that's a very simple debt to equity transfer debt gives you stability equity gives you that you know that potential of a higher return that's one of my favorite things so put Put it here, transfer it there, but transfer over a period of time. So that in equity, since prices since prices fluctuate a lot, you get to play around with time. Okay, that's my first option. Second is if you're someone who has got big aspirations. Okay, that maybe at the age of 35 you want to buy a house when you're 40. Okay, so if you've got this windfall, please hang on to it. Okay, think whether you want to put it into something that's risky or something that will preserve that capital and give you even if it's five percent, six percent year after year. But you're guaranteed you'll get your money back, right? Because when the time comes to buy a house, you're going to need like a big chunk of money for making the down payment, okay? So that's example number two, right? And third is, honestly, if you're rich, you know, what do you care? Go do whatever you want, buy a car, buy a watch. Please ensure that you don't bet everything on whatever you're doing. So those are the three ways that I look at this. Lovely. You know, because uh, I was talking to somebody who sold a, c- a company and they were like, now I have no idea what to do with this money. And I was like, yeah, because we know so many people who suddenly get money or uh, somebody well, else was normal, talking about I mean, lot, it. Yeah. Lot, lot, lot of the startup founders are, you know, in, in the same situation. Why do you think wealth managers have had a phenomenal year in the last one year? And I've had a few wealth managers uh, on on my show because these startup founders are typically techies, you know, so they don't... Some of them might know that they know money, but suddenly there's, you know, they've, they have like 10 crores in the bank. Hmm. Now, what do you do with 10 crores, man? Okay. Actually, even I don't know. Maybe you want to use it for your next startup. Okay. Maybe you want to invest in your friend's company. I don't know. But again, that whole scale, right? The risk scale. If you're someone who likes to take a lot of risk, you might just say, this came from my venture. Let me put it in five different ventures. Hmm. Okay. If you're someone who's like ultra safe, you'll just take that entire 10 crore and I don't know, put it in NFT. And say, yeah, that gives me a very decent 10 crores into 5% in like some 50 lakhs or, yeah, 50 lakhs per year. 50 lakhs per year, boss, that's like 4 lakhs a month, man. 
what else would you need in life you can just do right. whatever you want okay so it depends on where you are on the risk spectrum hmm. beautiful anupam i love this conversation how can people get in touch with you find out more you know and and keep in touch with this conversation keep it going if you on twitter man if anybody is on twitter then that's me if you guys want to drop me a mail anupam9gupta@gmail.com uh, my linkedin is open twitter you know is is there whichever way you want to reach out to me man i'm more than happy to answer any questions that you guys have i'm writing a book also uh, for the rest of this year hopefully i hope to finish the manuscript by the end of this year and i hope that that will answer you know that will answer a lot of the questions that i get from time to time and also you know if it's good help people out superb and please go listen to paisa vesa and you. Uh, and you know yeah and and share it and tell everybody about it anupam thank you, thank you so you. much for coming on the habit coach well, podcast thank you for having me here rajan thank you so much my pleasure All right that was such a fantastic episode understanding money you know money is such an important thing in our lives and nobody teaches these things to us so i'm so happy anupam was there to teach us about it and we're going to continue these principles in the second part of this uh, episode so don't forget to join us for that on thursday if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ivm network you can listen to us on the ivm podcast app or ivmpodcast.com you can also follow us on social media we are at @ivmpodcast on twitter and instagram if you want to reach out to me i am ashden doc on twitter and instagram you can find lots more information on my website awesome180.com or check out different content on my youtube channel called awesome180 that's awesome180